Hello, and welcome back. We are on chapter six, starting with paragraph around 151. Uh, chapter six, again, this is one of the longest chapters in the book. Um, we're still with Madge, Homer, and Jacqueline, and we're learning. There's also going to be other family members that come into play from Homer's side of the family. Well, Madge too, but, um, Oh, and Jacqueline. Yeah, we're going to hear all about their family, which is... And it's strange, to say the least. Or just terrible. <laughs> Madge insists Homer wishes he was with and married to Jacqueline. It would be easier because Jacqueline will always be young. I might lose my life. Madge could be referring to two things. First, the change in her life in order to raise a child. Or second, the actual mortality rate of mothers. At the time Young started this book, maternal mortality was pervasive for multiple reasons. 152, Madge is insulted that Homer has cried out Jacqueline's name in his sleep. 153, Homer teases Madge and then admits he is in love with Jacqueline. He also blames Madge for always bringing her up. Of course he loved, <clears throat> of course he loved Jacqueline like all the other boys. Things were always very simple. He did not believe in anything that was complex. For the great things were those which went on in silence and mystery. Without the dream of the past, a man could have no dream of the future. 154. Homer describes how Jacqueline was at school and that she was the most beautiful girl in the senior class, but it was more of a beauty of the spirit than of the body. Homer talks about how much older Madge was and how he didn't see her again until they were at the pottery. 155. Homer can't believe that Jacqueline is dying. 156. I did not sound reasonable, he sleepily muttered. Not reasonable that Jacqueline was dying too. 157. Homer remembers Jacqueline as being the first in everything and also the first in death. 158, Madge says Homer is imagining and that she has changed so much and grown old that he would not recognize her. 159, Madge says Homer will follow Jacqueline to his grave. 160, Homer insists he knows what is happening to Jacqueline, yet he never thinks of her. 161, then Homer contradicts himself. That was his way of saying, of course, that she was never out of his mind, he guessed. 162, Homer believes Jacqueline does not think of him and she doesn't give him another thought. 163, Homer believes Madge is the one who makes him think of Jacqueline. Then he remembers her and how beautiful she is. She will never change. She was the one he kicked for on the football team. I like how you're, um, I'm not, I'm noticing it now because of going back over what I've uh, written. But I really like how they say, uh, so there's, two ways that this happens in this particular with a couple of characters like Homer and Madge they say something but then they contradict themselves it's almost like you because how you see yourself and how other people see you how you think about yourself and how other people think about you those two things can be wildly different and you can contradict yourself or if you're trying to be one way with one person and another way with another uh, you contradict yourself um, so I like that and then later on um, instead of this contra just contradicting your, instead of writing, uh, instead of young writing where they just contradict themselves within like a paragraph, um, even though the paragraphs can be long, um, so it can seem like a long time, they contradict themselves and then that, what that turns into for characters, especially Mr. Spitzer is where you'll see it the most, and but then it carries out often uh, over into at least Vera for sure. Um, is that it's all maybe. So everything's maybe. So they're like, they'll say something, but maybe it's this. And they'll say something. So they're, they're co not contradicting their, themselves. They're just always circling around saying, 
looking at the flip side. So there's this side to it, but maybe it's this side. And uh, usually it's with the word perhaps, which she uses thousands of times in the book. I like, I like maybe, but she uses perhaps. So, um, so perhaps it's this way or perhaps it's that way. And the only person that's different that does not have either this contradicting themselves. Well, I'll read back through, maybe I'll find something, but so far, um, I haven't found an instance with Miss McIntosh where she neither contradicts herself within like from one paragraph to the next. Um, and she does not do perhaps she doesn't, she doesn't do perhaps or maybe. So that's why she's characterized as the steadfast person. There's two characters where Vera notices that, and this is a, a fault of Miss McIntosh, um, that she's always right. Like things work out to where she's always right. And Mrs. Hogden is another uh, teacher that will show up at the end of the book. And that's another one that Vera will say. There, there's circumstances that happen that make it to where they are always right. So they never get seen as making a mistake, as questioning or anything. So that's interesting for the different personalities in, in the book. 164, Homer remembers more about Jacqueline. She was the best athlete, although not as strong as Madge. He thinks people should be kind to her now that she's dying. Homer remembers that she was out all the time with all the boys. Jacqueline had ignored Homer, even though they had been in the class play and died together. I'm assuming Romeo and Juliet. He had passed out after kissing her in the play. No one had ever known whom she had loved, for she had never spoken, and so they had all loved her. Perhaps she had loved no one, for perhaps she had not yet awakened to life when they knew her, and they had not awakened. 165, Homer thinks they should have a class reunion. 160, oh, that was 165. 166, Homer lists a couple of people who are dead or moved away who wouldn't be invited. 167, Madge asks where, showing probably more surprise, more horror than any other time, as if there were something she really could not comprehend. 168, Homer continues with who can't be invited. 169, Madge says, you keep on like this and pretty soon you will have named the whole class. 170, Homer continues, one person stayed in the pottery town and switched to working at the flour mill. 171, you and your mortality. Madge remembers things differently and goes on about how short life is. I never knew until now how short life was. So what is your immortal love if you have already forgotten her? Will you remember me when I am gone? 172, Homer describes Jacqueline as a person who lives in the moment. 173, Madge doesn't believe it. Jacqueline has changed and now Madge adds that she believes Jacqueline was with the baseball boys and the old river crowds. 174, Madge tells Homer not to ever dance with Jacqueline or he will die and Madge will die if Homer leaves her. 175, Homer replies, then don't be jealous. We are all going to the same place in the end. Some might go before others, but we will all wind up in the same old river town. 176, Homer can't understand why Madge is jealous of Jacqueline. Women dream too much, imagining things which were not there, and sometimes they brought them to life. Sometimes they made them happen just by imagining. Madge's jealousy was as unreasonable as life after death, for the dead should not be jealous. The living should not be jealous of the dead. The dead did not love. 177, Homer questions why Madge keeps bringing up Jacqueline. Homer remembers Madge, 178, Homer remembers Madge as you were already broken by life, you were already gone. 179, Homer replies, I came last. I was the last man with her, even as with my wife, Madge. So what is there to envy now? 
but I never did get over the line with her, no more than with you, after I married you, for better or worse, and in the eyes of God. 180. Homer goes on about Jackie. She was all of us, and she was none of us. We elected her to be immortal. Yet she had never been ambitious at all, and things had just seemed to come to her without her asking. She had won a prize when she had not entered a contest. 181. Homer remembers Jacqueline that he never got off home base with her. I missed the hole. She led you on. 182. Jacqueline chose the class motto, To thine own self be true, and it will follow as the day of the night. Thou canst not be false to any man. This is from Shakespeare's tragedy, Hamlet. And I read a little bit more. Um, you, you can look it up. There's a little more a- analysis to this because it's said by... I can't remember the character's name. It's the father of Ophelia and Laertes. And uh, so someone was um, commenting on how disingenuous that... Because uh, most people take the advice, it was like never a lender or borrower be. He was giving his son all this advice going off to school. And somebody said, oh, and it's usually put in a positive light that this is all good advice that you should follow. But it's coming from a father who does anything but any of that. It makes him a total hypocrite because he's giving this advice, but he doesn't follow any of it. I don't know if there, that's read in if it's read in, if, if Young read in that deeply into this, but, but it, I thought it was interesting. 183, Homer insists, maybe she will, maybe she still will be a great star. You never know. It takes time to work out destiny and things don't happen just overnight, you know. 184, maybe she still won't be a great star. Time has already passed. Madge adds that Jacqueline has changed and wonders if she will remember Homer. 185, Homer doesn't know and thinks of how he loved Jacqueline. It was her spirit he remembered anyhow, not her body. Not something in the flesh as Madge thought. It was something that could not be defined. It was like his youth, his life, his love. 186, Homer remembers a line said during their marriage, Though the flesh might wither and die, even as the grass, the flowers, the fields, the spirit could not die. You know very well that the soul always does triumph over the body. You know you can't prove anything in this life or the next. Death comes to every wedding feast. The bride is that poor skeleton who wears a wedding veil to hide her naked skull. Her eyes burn like flames. You do not know who she is. 187 Madge says the bridegroom is a skeleton. It's just the other way around. 188 Homer describes true beauty and love. No lover saw a lady as she was. Besides, what was more beautiful than an aging face through which one saw the face that one had loved? In fact, he always would believe in the best and not the worst. He was not like Madge. 189 Homer goes back to sleep and dreams of his mother and father. 190, Homer says she was always going to do something unusual. Maybe she still will. Nothing would surprise me. 191, Madge replies, maybe she still won't. Even though you spend all your life without loving anyone, you die for love. No one escapes. Everyone pays the piper. 192, Madge blames Jacqueline for living too fast, dying early because of her fast life. Now she was 18 years old and would have no bridal bed but the moon. 193, Madge remembers what Jacqueline looks like, only different from Homer. 194, Madge doesn't understand what the boy saw in Jacqueline. She had been angular and thin-boned and had never seemed attractive to Madge, who believed that a girl should paint herself, show her best face to the world. 195, Madge doesn't understand Jacqueline's allure. She talks about how Jacqueline couldn't hold a job and had to quit because she was spreading germs to the customers as if she was trying to make the whole town sick. Time was no respecter of persons. Time cut down them all, the young and the old. 196. Madge says that Jacqueline has consumption. Tuberculosis was also called consumption. It was a leading cause of death in the U.S. in the 20th century. 
197 Madge says Jacqueline caused everyone to cough. 198 Madge says some people thought it was malaria, but some knew it was consumption and that Jacqueline was a home wrecker. 199 That reminded Madge of something else which tormented her, keeping her awake. 200 Madge says that Jacqueline has been disowned from her fa wealthy family. Jacqueline's family had their dining room table always set with the plates turned, turned down for the members of the family that were already dead. 201 You could tell the living from the dead, they say, by looking at the plates. The plates of the dead were turned down. 202 They say her father was, has already turned down Jackie's plate in front of Jackie's chair. 203 Madge describes Jacqueline having sisters who also died. One was born blind and deaf. 204 It was dumb and it could not talk, but it knew the way it had never gone before. But who cared and who shed a tear? It all happened without anybody ever saying a word. That little baby ran through the grass chasing a butterfly. 205 Madge says the other sister kissed Jackie and caught tuberculosis. I don't think any of them really wanted to live. 206 Madge comments on the families having loved each other too much. The daughters are dead and dying and now there's only a son. They say his only son will be his only daughter now. 207 They say as long as the old man has that son of his to ride around with hunting the dead foxes, it makes no difference how many daughters are lying cold and dead. I don't know if that plays into the preference for sons um, in families going back. I mean, now you'll see it more in, in different cultures where the son, there's great importance played upon the eldest son or having a son or more than one son. But, um, but back at that time, I think it was still, uh, it was important for the family to have a son. 208, Mash describes them as being rich enough to be fox hunters. They don't catch anything. There's no fox to catch, just tuberculosis or something like that. 209, Madge describes the color changes that take place when one has tuberculosis. It was called the Great White Plague because of how pale people became who had it. Before you say Jack, before you say Jack Robinson is a phrase that means a brief, short amount of time. Two ten, Homer misunderstands Madge and thinks she's talking about a person named Jack. Two eleven, Madge goes into all the different Jacks. Then she gets upset with Homer for not listening. Madge warns Homer from warns Homer from Jacqueline because she is faster than you are. Two twelve, Madge accuses Jacqueline of sleeping with everyone but Homer. According to Madge, Jacqueline is also sleeping with the baseball team. The only one not sleeping with Jacqueline is the old pinochle player because he's only interested in his game. 2.13, Madge wonders how Homer does not know what is going on in town. She knows because of what people tell her and her intuition. 2.14, Madge says all the boys slept with Jacqueline because she was dying and that she would never tell, would never get them into any trouble with their jealous wives or mothers, that she would never ask anything of them again, but just this farewell kiss. It seems a little to ask, and she was this dying girl, and they wish to remember her, be remembered by her. 2.15, Madge figures they will now be Jacqueline's pallbearers. They thought that they would mourn for her, and never once did they dream they soon, how soon they would be with her. 260, Madge insists Jacqueline is sleeping with all the men in town except Homer. 217, wake up, you poor fool, before it's too late. She'll soon be gone. Oh, my sides are splitting. 218, Harry who? Which Harry? I thought you said Jack. Homer's still confused about who she's talking about. And I believe, I, I'll have to look it up later, but I believe tuberculosis is, well... Give me one second. I know I put it. 
So tuberculosis, it's a very, yeah, it's an infection. Yeah, it's a very infectious disease. So Madge is kind of saying that Jackie got tuberculosis and then because she slept with all the boys or just kissed or just kissed her or anything, she gave tuberculosis to everybody, like everybody in the town. So you can, because you can get TB by giving an infected person a hug or a kiss, using the same toothbrush, eating or drinking after them, shaking hands, sharing clothing, bed or towels, using the same toilet, um, and that they may not show any symptoms even though they're sick. And you have to take the medicine. And back at that time, there wasn't, I don't, I don't remember when there was uh, medicine for it. But back at that time, there wasn't any because, um, yeah, you're just, you can get it by just breathing in the air where someone spoke. Oh. So yeah, it is a, a, an airborne disease. So it's breathing, wait, oh, maybe that was how you can't get it. Oh, sorry, I just gave you all the ways you can't get TB. So it actually has to be breathing, coughing, talking, singing, or sneezing. Ugh, sorry. Um, um, so it is an airborne disease, it was easy to catch. And then even after you had it, you had to be on the medication for two weeks before you were considered not contagious. Back at that time, I don't know. I don't know when they came up with a with a treatment for TB. Two nineteen. Madge tells Homer he's slow and teases. It's Jacqueline she's talking about. Then she insists Jacqueline will try to break them up, and she can break, and she can't break up their perfect marriage, even though it is so delicate. A moth's wing could break it. A snowflake could break it. Madge admits. I cannot compete with her. I already know, for I already lost out to a ghost deer long ago, more beautiful than she will ever be. 220, whose ghost, Homer asked, are you talking of now? 221, my mother's, my father's, never mind, Madge said. She switches to talking about Jacqueline's family history and how all the white girls had died early and even their babies. Madge says they should not look down on her even though I was taken a long time ago. She said, I was married in a winding sheet. I was married to my old father. We are all the same. You know, we'll get more details about that. 222, Homer disagrees. He has that Madge is jealous and that she couldn't have traded places with Jacqueline. You are you and she is she. I am I or am I? Am I? Are you? Is she? 223, Homer keeps explaining. Jackie is in her body, her box. She is not you. She's not a spirit until she is dead. 224, Homer says, life has a way of going on in the darkness under the surface even when you don't think it will. Homer remains optimistic and has never wished to do anyone any harm. He apologizes to Madge. I never wanted to hurt you, Madge. 225, poor little Edward, poor little Madge Edwards that was, she sighed. 226, Homer assures Madge that he will never close. He was never close to Jackie when she was alive and can't be close to her now when she's dead or dying. 227, Homer remembers Jacqueline being the best at everything and elusive. Homer was not good enough for her. 228, Homer remembers Jacqueline not being interested in all the boys, but they argued and fought over her. 229, now they are all speaking again, Madge said. They are all triumphing over each other. Their victory is that they fail. 230, Homer reaches out to touch Madge's hand, but she withdraws. Sometimes I have, told, I have been told, only sorrow will unite you. Death will unite you, even when marriage can't. Homer remarks on Jacqueline's beauty. 
You don't know what beauty is until it's dead, for if it was beautiful before, then it's even more beautiful when you have to remember it through a cloud. You don't know time until time has passed. The idea that you don't know beauty until beauty is dead. Oh, I was talking about this with my daughter. Um, there's a book I really like called The River Sutra. I haven't read, I haven't reread it in a long, long time. And that was the one story that really struck me is that um, someone high up heard that there is the most beautiful singer in the world, this poor little boy who sang, and but it was the most beautiful. He sang the most beautiful song, and. Um, uh, so he had to hear it, and then as soon as this rich person heard it, uh, he killed the, had the little boy killed. And because he said anything that that's beautiful, anything that's that beautiful, if I oh, if I remember right, I think they put it this way. He sang more beautifully than anything else in the world, and if that was the bar that everyone had to attain to then you had to kill it. You had to get rid of it because that was, it wasn't possible. Um, my daughter had another, uh, um, what we have a new kitten and it's really super cute. And we just, you, just, you know, when you have really cute things, you just want to squeeze them because they're just so cute. And so we go on about that and she says, yeah, it's a thing in the brain. The brain likes to make a hundred percent decisions. And uh, it knows if it, if the brain knows the outcome of something a hundred percent, that's when you get the little voice in the whisper, you know, the little whisper in the back of your head going, go ahead, do it. And she says, it's like, it's like when you look over the edge and you have this little voice go, jump, because your brain knows 100% what's going to happen when you do it. And so it likes those 100% uh, decisions. Um, I have to, and I've asked her for a link so I could read up on it more because I thought that was really interesting. And this just reminded me of that, of things that are beautiful and or being able uh, that you don't, uh, know it or understand it until it's dead. 231. Don't tell me dying, Magic Sister. Dying, dying on her feet and won't give in. Now when there's only one foot, now when there's only one foot, when the knee is gone. 232. Madge disagrees and insists Jacqueline's beauty is gone now that she is dying. 233. Madge could not pity Jacqueline because she did not settle down and marry so that the other men would have lost interest. This is something women are still addressing. If a woman belongs to a man, then she is not available. She is someone else's property and a man respects another man's property. He controls this woman and sees that she does not reflect badly on him. Madge says it was not her death she held against Jacqueline for death could be forgiven us all cutting down alike the evil and the good, and death could be understood, at least in retrospect. When it passed, it was over. It was her life, that which could not be forgiven by Madge, who still must deliver her child. 234, Madge says she will not mourn when Jacqueline dies. 235, Homer disagrees and tells Madge she will mourn Jacqueline. Homer does not regret marrying Madge and figures he will be as happy as the next man. 236, Madge demands to know why Homer didn't marry Jacqueline since he loved her so much. No secret could be forever concealed. It would always come to the surface of life, even though working through aeons, even the dead would return. This was all she knew of life. Perhaps it was all that anyone knew. 237, this long paragraph details how Madge's mother died during childbirth and Madge's father blamed Madge. Madge tried to become her mother by taking care of the house and doing chores like cooking and cleaning. Madge says she always feared his kiss more than his blow. On Madge's 23rd birthday, the same year her mother died, Madge's father came into a room and exclaimed that it was his wife who returned from the grave when he looked down on Madge lying in her bed. Madge kicked her father outside where there was a snowstorm and he died from exposure. 
238 Madge knew her father was dead. She waited weeks and then got rid of everything in the house and moved to the pottery town. Her father's body was discovered in the spring, but she did not return for the funeral. Coming back with Homer was the first time she had returned since her father's death. 239 Madge remembers that she was the prettiest telephone operator flirting over the wires. She talked to all kinds of men, and once she thought her late father called her, but there was static and she was disconnected. Poor Madge, she was disconnected then just when she had made the connections. She had been disconnected ever since. 240 Madge calls Homer this human beast molesting her. She has given Homer his freedom, and he can go, leaving her alone with her grief or stay. Madge can't decide if Homer married her in order to make comparisons with Jacqueline. What man was ever faithful to the image of a woman's love? Really, no man could be trusted. So, a whole lot of trauma there. 241. Madge asks Homer again why he thinks so much about Jacqueline when she is so near death. 242. Homer thinks that is a long time. 243. Homer continues on about the nature of time, with a great many things can be accomplished in just four or five months. As to time, it's where you spend the time that counts that makes it long or short. I wonder what time it is. 244. Madge thinks time goes by in a flash for her and that she will die giving birth to her child. 245. Homer insists she'll live. Even if she does die, then Homer thinks that death is a kind of birth and you should rejoice in it. They say you were born again, body and soul and spirit. Which goes along with a lot of uh, different faiths. 246. Homer says, They say that youth is eternal, though time is fleeting. Homer thinks there is no harm in the boys remembering Jacqueline as she used to be. No one changes but for the good. You die as a little child in the sight of God, you know, no matter how old you are. He plucks you up and carries you in his arms, you and the wounded bird. God never dropped anybody. God never dropped anybody from God's mouth. Or if so, he will retrieve you. God will find you again. 247. Homer believes Madge's jealousy was just a woman's jealousy of something she could never know, the love of a man for a woman. Homer just wants to sleep and tells Madge that it's you who think too much of her, too much of Jacqueline. 248. Homer does not feel that Jacqueline would behave the same way Madge is and that he is getting older and has changed. 249. Homer thinks that since his father left his mother, that his mother will let him stay home and not have to find work right away. They equate death with an old hunter. In the last lines, Hunter... Uh, in the last lines, Homer tells us that his father said he was going hunting and went out and killed himself after he learned he'd gotten his wife pregnant. 250. Homer finds it strange that Madge and he both lost their fathers, and their county is called the County of the Lost. And I don't think I looked. I don't think I looked looked up to see if that was actually a thing, but um. Well, give me a second. Where are we? 250 how much more ah we're almost to the end finally the end of this chapter okay so let me look at this the, the county of the lost i think i did and i didn't find anything not that any uh Not that I...
so yeah, I think I'll look up and I find not not that every not that everything that's in my uh, uh, the book um, falls into something like that. Like there's a secret code, but sometimes I like looking stuff up just to see. So there's a lot of wormholes that you can get lost in. But other other times I have and found stuff, and it's just super interesting. That's where you get the references. Um, 251 Madge interjects, saying that she doesn't want to move back. Marriage had changed them both in seen and unseen ways. 252 Madge is worried that the ghosts of their fathers will haunt them. Madge wonders if Jacqueline and Madge should die at the same time. She tries to get close to Homer, but he is asleep now. In the last line, Madge hints that the child's real father is dead. 253 Madge says, so different from us, the most popular girl I ever knew, never pregnant, never married. 254, Madge starts crying and then tries to reapply her makeup, her other face, so that people will think she's alive when she's really dead. And oh my god, she screamed, looking at herself in her darkened mirror. What, she, what had she done? She had painted two mouths. She had painted two hearts. 255, the last sentence is, she is never alone, Madge said. And then there's tons of references. All right, oh, and an hour. Or a half hour. There we go. Okay, we'll start chapter seven. Um, still same characters, but I think we're going to hear more from... Oh, here's where... So the next chapter, we'll get Madge and Homer, and they're going to talk about old Josh, Gertrude, Rudolph, Mrs. Hathaway, Mrs. Tidings, Musadora, and Jacqueline. And we'll hear from Moses and the old doctor. Everybody's in the next chapter. But it's not... Um, it's not as long. All right. Enjoy. Thank you. Bye.